Welcome to the Batman on Film, Shanlin on Batman crossover podcast. We are part of the Batman Podcast Network. So tonight we have Bill Ramey from Batman on Film, Ryan Haas, Justin Kowalski, and we're going to have Richard Church come on and the usual guys from the Shanlin on Batman team, Tom Harper, Kyle Davis, and myself, the host, Justin Shanlin. I want to welcome you guys and thank you guys for coming on to the show. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start with Bill on this one. We're going to start off really easy questions, and we're going to really work up to like the really tough questions. Where where does Zack Snyder go from here, the DCEU, all that stuff. So, Bill, where does Ben Affleck's uh, portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman rank for you? Oh, it's still behind Christian Bale for me personally. Um, that to me was, that was my definitive Batman. I think that, that, I think what really gets Christian the nod is that with the Dark Knight trilogy, you really got to care about Bruce Wayne as a character. And that kind of pushes it past Affleck's take because, I mean, you, it's one film, you, you really don't know him that well. But, I mean, I thought he was awesome. And he's definitely, I mean, he's right, he's below Bell, right below Bell. I think he's the most, um, physically suited actor to ever play Batman, maybe even Bruce Wayne as well. He looked like Batman. He looked like Bruce Wayne. He was great. I have zero complaints on uh, Affleck's performance in the film as, as either Bruce or Batman. I thought he was the best thing about the film for me personally. And uh, just the fact that I ranked Bell ahead of him was just, just personal preference. I'll ask that same question to Kyle. Kyle, where does, where does Ben Affleck's portrayal of Bruce Wayne and Batman rank for you? I really enjoyed the like rawness that was Ben Affleck's Batman and how how like his emotions were really what drove him through parts of the movie. I think that even though he doesn't quite have as much development as like the Bale Batman or even the Keaton Batman maybe, but I think once he gets a little bit more screen time in another Justice League movie or maybe the Soul Batman movie, one or the other, I think he has the potential to be the fan favorite Batman. Awesome. Jay Rocca, question goes to you as well. Where does where does this Ben Affleck portrayal of Batman rank? Yeah, you know what? Um, I enjoyed him, and I think that when more films come out, he, he just doesn't have a legacy yet. So once his legacy happens, then we'll, you know, it's, it's, and it's unfair to compare. Like, I really don't like comparing, because Bale is just, it's a, he's a different Batman, and it's a whole different thing uh, with what they're doing with this new DCEU. But um, I like that flick. You know, right now, what he has going for him is that, that one scene where he just rips up the room. I mean, I think that's where everyone got really excited. Like, oh, he's finally Batman. But I would say he's still, he's still a broken Batman. I want to see, uh, you know, a, a well-adjusted version of the Ben Affleck Batman before I, you know, start ranking. Did we just lose Ryan? Yeah, maybe. I don't know what happened. Sorry, right. It's okay, <laughs> we're actually just gonna throw it to you. So yeah, where where does where does uh, Batfleck rank for you? Well, uh, overall, I really enjoyed uh, Ben Affleck and, and Batman as, as Batman and Bruce Wayne in the film. And I, you know, like these guys have said, I think he's like the strongest part of the film. But overall, I, I personally do feel like it's a little too early for me to be like to completely discount you know Christian Bale's Batman and say that this new one is the, the definitive one. You know, because we. We did go on a journey with uh, the Batman, Bruce Wayne, and the Dark Knight trilogy. So, in my opinion, it's still the best overall complete picture of what I want to see in the character. But as a concept, the Batman and BBS, there's a lot of great elements in it. And I just want to see more of it. I just want to see more films, more character development, and just see where they can take it. So Awesome. So, it's Hans Zimmer recently gave an interview where he said he was retiring from the superhero film scoring. He said that he had 11 years on the Dark Knight trilogy and that after, and Man of Steel was really hard, but even Batman v Superman was even, which was much harder for him uh, to score, you know, with Man with the Superman theme, Wonder Woman, you know, he had to do the Lex Luthor theme, and then he had, he brought in his guy Junkie XL to do the Batman score. Bill, where does, where does the Hans Zimmer score for the Dark Knight trilogy compare to other uh, Batman scores, and where should his legacy reign amongst those other composers? Mm. Uh, I love the, the 
Batman theme, the Batman score for the Dark Knight trilogy. But I would say that the 89 theme by Danny Elfman is probably the most iconic, most recognizable yeah. of the Batman music. So I would probably rank it, that reason, rank it below that. But yeah, but yeah um, I, for me, I've liked all the Batman music. I like the music stuff. That's classic. And I like, uh, I even like the stuff that L.A. Golden Call did with Tushy Piper Bill. So, but yeah, I would rank the, the Dark Knight trilogy quite below the 89th theme with uh, any of Okay, Richard, where does where does Jeremy Irons Alfred rank for you? Uh, I love uh, Jeremy Irons Alfred. I thought he was really good. Um, uh, let's see here. You know, I... I I think I'd rank him just behind Michael Caine. It's it's a pretty close call to those two, but uh, yeah, I think I'd go Michael Caine first as my number one, and then Jeremy Irons number two, and uh, after that, um, Michael uh, go from the uh, Burton Schumacher films. Tom, I gotta ask you a question now. All right, ask Alfred. Where's Jeremy Irons Alfred rank for you? And um. He was, in my opinion, he was the best Alfred that I've seen so far. I really? like it. Like he really made me feel the like the the real connection between him and Bruce, like the like the father son. Like he it had that bond, like the way they picked at each other, like the way Alfred hoped for kids, <laughs> for like a grandchild per se, like and just the way he handled everything it was like a more hands-on Alfred than we'd ever really seen before like he was in wire and boards on helmet you know and yeah that that's was, true that was really cool and like that's uh I was I was really impressed with the Jeremy Irons performance awesome uh let's get let's start getting into like the meat of this the show so Bill what's the biggest issue for you with BBS? Uh, biggest issue is... Is it the editing? Is it Doomsday? Is it... The biggest... Uh, I think, no, it's not any care. Well, I have a problem with Doomsday, but <laughs> I think it's the fact that there was too much in the film, and it, and it hampered the storyline. The fact that they were trying to set up Justice League interfered with the whole dynamic between Batman and Superman, why they're fighting, why they're upset with each other, and so forth and so on. I think that would eliminate it if you had taken that component out, and that's just my, this is my personal opinion, obviously, if you had taken the Justice League set up stuff out, which you probably would have had to take out uh, Wonder Woman, who was awesome in it, then I think you would have, it would have allowed for more character building, more, uh, you wouldn't have had the editing issues and the pacing issues that you end up having. So, it, to me, there was just too much in the film. I, you know, uh, before before the movie, people were going, is there too much in this movie? And I was one of the defenders, like, no, because look, look at what Nolan did in The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. He had all these characters, and it never felt overstuffed. But this one felt overstuffed to me, and I think that's that was its biggest issue for me. J-Rock, the same question. Uh, so, my... Can you repeat the question? Sorry. What's your biggest uh, issue you know, with Batman versus Superman down to justice? Oh, it's been very mixed um, reviews from critics, from fans. Yeah. Um, since I've seen the movie, I've been able to see it twice now, and, and I've kind of changed my initial thoughts on it. Um, I was really excited about it, but the more I kind of break it down, and it really comes from, to be honest, I can't take my six-year-old kid to see a Batman movie, and it frustrates the heck out of me, uh, because that's all he's wanted to do since like he's and seeing the marketing for it that's geared that's geared towards him you know the action figures and everything and so um and i'm not saying it needs to be you know batman and robin style but it, it does need to be a little more powerful to to kids because they're going to be the ones that carry this legacy of fandom and if you know if it's if it's not going to be batman and superman then they're not going to last you know outlast deadpool you know um there's stuff like that. I didn't like Doomsday. The more I think we were talking about this on Batman on film, like man, a better villain would have been mm -hmm. been Parasite. Parasite could have sucked the power from Superman, and then you know, then that's why Wonder Woman's. You know, I, I have my own script. We'll talk about that later. But, <laughs> but I I think that you you rob us of the eventual story when Warner Brothers may need it that the Superman story. You know, four years from now because that's a story. 
it's gone. Like there, there's no point in doing that now. They kind of just blew their uh, the storytelling wad. In, in this one. It's like we almost got like Crisis on Infinite Earths, Death of Superman, and then Dark Knight in one movie. You know, like yeah, they. What else is left? Yeah, they did. They did throw a lot of us at at the film. Like they try to give a, like a mini origin to Lex Luthor. They try to do a lot of Superman stuff. They try to give like obviously they give the origin to uh, to Bruce again, like the the murdering of his parents. Bill, what what is your take on that opening sequence? Because for me, when I see that opening sequence, that's my that's now my favorite version of that. Just the way that it was shot, mm-hmm. and the way it was mm-hmm. caliber, like everything about that that opening sequence was like for me perfect. What did you think about? Yeah, it, that was awesome. Uh, it was very comic book true with the you know Marcus Zorro and all that stuff. Uh, I thought it was, you know, we've seen it so many times in the movies, there was part of me saying, do we really have to see this again? Because everybody, you can walk anybody up on the street and say, why is, why is Bruce Wayne Batman? And they'll tell you, well, his parents were killed in front of him when he was a child. But I get what they were doing. They were getting to the, you know, the, the, the reveal at the, during the, the big plot thing during, during the fight where Batman's, and Superman's Mar- mother were Martha, and he has his epiphany and so forth. I get that. Um, I think he could have done that with Bruce just going to the grave and seeing Martha Wayne, but, you know, that's a whole different thing. I, I thought the, the bats rising up, Bruce, from the pit, from the, 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 you know, the cave underneath the Wayne property was a little much, but, of course, it was a dream. A lot of dreams in this movie. But yeah, it was well done. It was awesome, and it was you know it was. I mean, I get what they were doing. Could they have not done it? Yes, but I had no I had no major problem with they putting it in. Just everybody knows what that means. That means. Right. I thought those magical bats gave him his powers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we talked about that. So. Ryan. Okay, so Marvel has a Kevin Feige, right? They have like they have their whole universe set. They have the next. 10, 15 years going so far with with the Marvel Universe. Does DC need a Kevin Feige? And should that Kevin Feige person be Jeff Johns, Chuck Rovin? Who? Because obviously, they're, for me, the, the DC Cinematic Universe, they're 0-2 right now, where they should be 2-0. What do you think about that? I think it's uh, obvious that they need kind of a Kevin Feige type of figure. You know, and for a while, we, you know, Bill was saying, like, well, it should be Goyer. And then it seemed to be, oh, I guess it's kind of Snyder is the guy. But uh, just seems like most of our problems with BBS are, are that the connections to Justice League is what has made BBS a weaker film than it could have been. And when you're planning, trying to plan a big universe like that, you need the stories to both be able to stand on their own and connect to future films. So I feel like somebody like Jeff Johns, you know, He's the guy that's done, you know, DC Universe spanning comic book stories that have affected every comic book that they put out, like Blackest Night or the Green Lantern stuff, you know. So somebody like that that could be in the production level and not directly involved in each individual film could be, you know, the guy that could make sure that they're, you know, that they need. And that's the thing, too. It's like... It can it can some, something like Jeff Johns' experience in the comics translate to the film world. I don't know, but they they, they do need somebody that can kind of improve that. A little I, think, bit, I, I think, think it should be me. I've been lobbying for this job. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, totally. eighteen years now, but whatever. Do it. Makes sense. <laughs> you got my vote. Finally, and finally, we'll get crazy for it. Played by Bill Ramey. That would happen. <laughs> Okay, G. It'd be a CGI Bill Ramey. <laughs> J. Rock, J. Rock, you you were chiming in a little bit about Jeff Johns. What do, what do you have to say about that? Oh, I I think that he'd be great, but I feel like anytime they they kind of toss him out there and say, "Oh, Jeff Johns," you know, he's he's bored, and like they did that with Green Lantern, and people got really excited, and you saw how that happened. They even had Jeff Johns out here, like, pumping up Batman versus Superman. And part of me, is that fan service? Or is it, is he really in those meetings going, hey, that would be great? Yeah, yeah. it seems yeah. like he's almost just a, it seems like he's 
print is almost just a name placeholder or something just to get that kind of reaction. Oh, Jeff Johns is uh, involved. Yeah, he's got on board. It would, it would be great because I think Jeff Johns has the passion and history and knowledge of everything, but I don't see his writing or even his direction translating to anything that they've done on screen. Besides, maybe some of the TV shows. It, it does seem like they do need a, a voice, a central figure at the helm. Uh, Richard, do you think that uh, that DC, the DC Cinematic Universe, needs to kind of like break away from the W, like the from Warner Brothers, and kind of like have its own studio so they can they have the freedom to make the films they want to make, or they can go and you know do the TV shows they want to you know kind of do? Because Marvel Studios has Marvel Studios. And then Disney is the parent company. Do you think mm. they should do that? DC should kind of emulate that sort of way? Um, yeah, I think so a little bit. Like, not completely copy what Marvel is doing, but, like, they... It's been obvious that, like, WB's oversight has kind of gone away sometimes. Uh, and not just with uh, BBS or Man of Steel, but, you know, we, we just mentioned Green Lantern, and... A lot of, uh, in my opinion, a lot of the problems with Green Lantern stemmed straight from WB of how they didn't really want to go too much into the, the Green Lantern mythology because, you know, that concept is a little, like, too out there for the mainstream audience. At least that was their thought, and which is why the story remained so earthbound. Like, we only went to Oa twice in that movie. And I think if DC maybe did branch off, have their own um, entertainment studio, and had more autonomy, then Green Lantern would have been kind of like the comics of, you know, just space cops flying around. And what, the Justice League stuff in Batman and Superman seemed, um, you know, obvious build-up to Justice League, but uh, just, like, catching up to what Marvel has done with uh, with the Avengers, because whereas Marvel had, what, four or five movies prior to the Avengers, um, DC's only had one with Man of Steel, so it seemed like quite a bit of catch-up to do in just one film. Right. There seems to be growing pains over at the DC Warner Brothers lot, and I'm not sure why that is, because they've, they've been making superhero films since... The 70s, what, like they had Swamp Thing after that, and they had the Tim Burton Batman. Then we mm -hmm. all know what happened with Batman Forever, and then you know they they've had they've had TV shows where they just fire on all cylinders. It seems like why is it that it's been so hard for them to translate that to the big screen? And I'll ask that to Bill. What do you think about that? Why 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 is it that DC is just having these growing pains whenever they have this? They're trying to combine the cinematic universe. Maybe these films work better. Uh, alone, like as in like solo Superman, solo Batman, solo Green Lantern, and then well, I just I just don't understand what's been going on over there at the at the water tower. Well, I'll tell you, Chris Nolan told me, and he told Warner Brothers, and he'll he's told the other press that he he believes that the DC characters, if you put them on film, work better as their own thing, existing in their own universe, without having to account for continuity and what's going on with other films in the universe. And talking to Michael Uslan, from a comic book historical standpoint, DC has always been, from the very beginning, they were, they were their own thing. Each character pretty much existed in their own universe. Yeah, they crossed over starting in the early 60s, you know, when they did Justice League and, and Brave and the Bold and so forth. But still, in the, in the solo comics, they were their own thing, controlled by their own editors, living in their own world. Marvel was created or founded on a, a universe that everyone existed and revolved around New York City, mm -hmm. with one editor supervising everything, for the most part. And so... I agree with that. I think, you know, Man of Steel, which is the, you know, the kickoff of the DCEU, was intended to be the Batman Begins for Superman. But it was, of course, things changed after Man of Steel came out. So, 
I said it before. If it was up to me, I would keep these things separate. Let them be their own thing. Have a filmmaker. Because Warner Brothers is a studio that is very much filmmaker-driven, not producer-driven. And I, and I 100% am behind that. Get these guys that have a passion and a vision for these characters and let them let them do their own thing. So, I agree with that. I don't know, you know, but, uh, you know, they're already, you know, they're, they're, they're knee deep, maybe even waist deep into this DCU and everything interconnected. So, I don't think there's no, any going back yet. So, it's either shut it down or continue as, uh, you know, continue on with, with some changes. So, we'll see. What changes would you suggest going forward then? Like, obviously, wow. you yeah. know, like, you've, been around you've been around for longer than we've been doing this and you know filmmakers and producers what's it what's if they were to, if somebody like say Michael Uslin or Chris Nolan or Zack Snyder asked you what would you change about this world or these little cha- minor things here or there what would you suggest to them well right now that's what I would do I would push Justice League movies back would cancel them I'd push them back I would go I would get the Ben Affleck solo Batman film I would dream like that, like yesterday. I would <laughs> take the Death of Superman re- resurrection story, and I would do that in a Superman solo film. That'd be awesome. Because that's, that's mm-hmm. where that story deserves yeah. to be told, period. I don't, I, I'm sorry. And then I would, you know, Wonder Woman looks great. Go with Wonder Woman. And, you know, if it's awesome, do a sequel. Super, Suicide Squad looks awesome as well. I, I, you know, I, I know all the rumors about more jokes and all, blah, blah, blah. But everybody's told me that it's just, it's badass. And yeah. how, heck, they're already thinking sequel. I would do that. That could, that could spin off stuff. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Aquaman, I think, would be awesome, too. I've always been a big fan of the Aquaman film. Because I think you, the universe you could create with that Aquaman character, Atlantis and all that stuff, is, is has great potential. I would, I'm not sure about The Flash on not with I did, this incarnation. I'm not sure what I would do with that. And I'm not sure if um, any of these other characters right now, like the Green Lantern, I don't know if we'll ever see Green Lantern. Really? Film. I really don't know if we'll see that again. Really? Um, I don't, possibly, but I can't see them investing in the money to make that film, which would be so effects driven and cost a lot of money for special effects to, to do it again after the after Green Lantern got maybe there's a reason why he's not in the this Justice League film and it's not because yeah. they're not ready for the characters because the Green Lantern movie they made failed. So I would just tap the brakes. And I've always said I mean I mean let's be frank here. Batman was in this film because they were disappointed in Man of Steel's box office. They didn't make it didn't make a billion dollars like they like they thought it was going to make. Or close to it, it made what close to seven hundred million worldwide. And yeah. Batman was injected into the film because you can count on Batman, and I think you still can count on Batman. But you got you you can't shove him into these mm-hmm. films such as Justice League just because he's Batman. Tap mm-hmm. the brakes, do a little world building, and you know what? Frankly, and y'all can talk about this after I bring it up. I don't know how many people, and I'm talking mainstream, eliminate all of us talking right now out of the equation because we're going to be there opening day no matter what when Just League comes out. How many people in the mainstream are like left Batman v Superman and said, I can't wait to that Just League film. Can't wait. That's the issue. Yeah, and it is a big issue going forward, especially like with Zack Snyder at the helm. Like I understand he, for me, he's unfairly criticized for a lot of the things that he does do. Like watch, with yeah. Watchmen, now with Bat- with Man of Steel, and now Batman yeah. v Superman. But he just like recently, and I'll let Kyle talk on this, and like you got, we can discuss this amongst each other. But it just see, like he seems this like he'll do like one or two like really amazing things. Hire Ben Affleck, uh, hire J.K. Simmons, and then like he'll just say something really weird, and it's a head scratcher. Kyle, interject here. So what I was reading online earlier today was that. Zack Snyder made a comment on the Empire Film Podcast, was it? Yes. Yeah, he said something along the lines of he had a hard time creating conversation between Batman and Superman when they were in costume because to him it felt felt off. Like he didn't feel like they were 
being completely serious when they're in costume, and he couldn't he couldn't take them seriously because of the costumes. So he mm. limited the amount of conversations they had in costume and kind of stayed that when they were out of the costume, which to me suggests that maybe he's not like comfortable with the idea of costume superheroes doing heroic things or anything like that. It seems off to me. Tom, what do you think about that when you hear the the I guess the leader of the DC Cinematic Universe saying like, "Look, I have problems with with these characters, you know, talking amongst themselves in costume." Like, doesn't that seem a little off to you? Yeah, that whole thing seems off. It's just like Kyle said, are they not supposed to be superhero? Like, what are they? I don't understand where you go from there. Like, they had they they spoke at the party, but when else did they really speak? So, like, are we just gonna have films with? No dialogue between <laughs> main characters at all. Like they only fought for six minutes, so it's like they didn't even back that up with action. Even it was, it's, it's all off. Right. What, what, Richard? What do you think about that when you when you hear that from Snyder? Does that does that make you more apprehensive with Justice League going forward? Because it just seems really strange that he would say that. Like the way the reason why Marvel works so well, even the X Men works so well, is because. They're not afraid to, you know, put their characters in situations that are familiar within the comic book lore. It seems like Snyder just is like, eh, I don't know about all that. It's weird. Yeah, that that is really, um, like you said, that's a big head scratcher, um, especially for someone who's been such a like self depressed uh, comic book fan. Um, he said he's such a big fan of Batman and Superman and all the other DC characters, so that just seems really odd. Um, and, like, you can pull, like, a bunch of comics off the shelves and find really good conversations between Batman and Superman while they're in costumes, so I don't know yeah. where, like, whether that was him, maybe, or that was, like, Chris Terrio's decision, or Dave Goyer's, or whatever. I, I don't know. That's Really confusing, and it does kind of give me pause to think, um, what is he going to do when you don't have just Batman and Superman in costume, but you have four other heroes in costume hanging out together in Justice League? Uh, right. It's, um, if, if he can't take them seriously in costume, then, yeah, that's, uh... Where was this... Sorry, that's really odd. Where was this interview? It was it was with the Empire Film Podcast. I meant to it was it came out like last week, I believe, and I meant to listen to it. I just never got around to it because you know we we've been all busy doing our own podcast, going to see the movie, and seeing all the hyperbole on Twitter and everything. It just completely. But I listened to. Is it post? Yeah, it's. supporter. But when I hear things like that, yeah. I, I think it's time, I don't know, may, maybe it's just me, but maybe it's time that WB just pays him 5 to 10 million just to kind of walk away. Kind of like what Tim Burton did with Superman Lives. Pay or play deal. It was, you know, you did a lot of good things for us. You have a lot of great ideas, but maybe it's time. What do you think, Ryan? Do you think it's time that Zack Snyder just kind of like walks away from this, from the DC extended? Obviously, they're filming in like six or seven days of yeah. Justice League, but I'm just really concerned going forward. If you're if you're the leader of a group and you're saying that and you're making those comments, I'm I'm really becoming apprehensive going forward. Yeah, it was really weird, right? Because you know you hear the comment in the podcast, and then but you think about like, well, he also directed Watchmen, which was had plenty of superheroes Absolutely. talking together. Absolutely, yeah. I, and, and in the interview, he even says that. Um, they they tried doing scenes with Batman and Superman, you know, fighting out their differences together in costume, and it didn't work, is what he said. And I'm just that's just a little a little strange. If, if, I don't know. Right. It, it just it just makes me feel like this, he doesn't trust what he he doesn't trust those characters. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. 
Either yeah. that or he doesn't, like, trust Henry Cavill and Ben Affleck to sell it, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it comes from a place of um, people criticizing, like, Christian Bale with, talking all the time in his, in, like, the Garnet Trilogy, the later films and stuff like that, and he just thinks that maybe it comes off silly. But I, I don't know. Maybe he just needs another a, a producer or somebody that's, you know, an extra eye on, on, on some of these decisions. I don't, I don't know, because... I'm sorry, but when you have when you do Justice League and there's like six superheroes on screen, people aren't gonna want to want it to be the Smallville version where they're all like dudes in <laughs> like jackets or whatever. Like, people want to see the, the characters. I think I think Zack Snyder definitely needs a nap, maybe a Red Bull because he looks exhausted. J Rock, what do you right. think about that? When you hear your the leader of the DC, are you are you like man, just walk away, man, just. Just, you've done enough already, just see you later? Or are you kind of like, well, he did bring us a few things that I do enjoy from the film so far. Yeah, you know what? Um, it's hard because he's he's an artist, and I love his visuals. Um, and I love, I think I've loved everything he did. I even enjoy Sucker Punch because it's so freaking weird. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm, you know what, my... I'm waiting for this director's cut, man. I'm I'm crossing my fingers and and, hold, and hoping that, oh man, uh, this connects the dots that I'm I'm having a hard time connecting. You know, um, it's really hard because as, as fans, you take this very personal. You're like, oh man, he's destroying something I love. But I mean, who am I to say that he doesn't love or understand these characters based on you know maybe this is one arc of something bigger, and then we're gonna go, oh man. <laughs> now that Flash is out, it makes all this sense. Even though that's not how audiences tend to view films, you know, it needs to be taken care of in one sitting. Uh, man, it's not like it's my call, but um, I I tend to like the Snyder. I like his visuals, but yeah, man, this this one has me like it's it's slid from like uh, a minus for me to like a B minus, you know, into where I was. Or what I was expecting out of this movie, and um, I think I'm just indifferent. I guess is what I'm trying to say. If he leaves, you know, that sucks. I'm sure he's put a lot of work into this, but um, you know, movies are about making money right. in the end, and Warner Brothers needs to make money. And if uh, that's what they want to do, then that's what they need to do. Right, Bill. If if it becomes April 11th and we don't see something in the trades about Justice League filming. Do you think that they have either fired Snyder or pushed the filming back? Because usually when these films come out, there's huge trades that talk about these films. Batman v Superman, here's the cast, here's when it's filming. They're going to film here, here, here. They're going to do some studio work. Do you, if, they don't, if you don't see that in the trades come out April 11th, are you going to be a little nervous about what's been going on? Or yeah, what do you think? I'll tell you why. Because after that hit fix story, by Moriarty or Drew McGuini, as he goes by his real name now, Hit Fix, about the Warner Brothers executives being nervous and blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, it caused a big, big shitstorm on, online when, when it came out. Warner Brothers, about a week later, had a big announcement that Just Lake starts filming on April 11th. That was like a, that was, I mean, that was a direct response to to that story. So, I would expect them, even with the heat they're getting from, well, I mean, they're getting no heat from, from Batman on film. They're getting constructive criticism. Is right. that what you, you know, I, this is like old school Batman on film I'm doing right now. So, hell yeah. You know, it is. It, it, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just, Hell, I've seen this film six times. Four times I paid for it. And, and I, I'm going to see it a couple more times. I'm supporting it. I want this universe to succeed. Would I do it with, 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 if I was in charge, would I do it the way they envisioned? I don't think so. But I support it. With all that said, and based on the fact that they went out of their way to, to kind of, you know, put up, you know, Put a stab on on the hit fix story and say, ah, that's you know that's bullshit. I think if they don't make a big announcement in trade saying Justice League has started filming on April 11th and blah blah blah, then yeah, until that happens, I'm going to be 
little curious of what what's going on. Let's be honest, guys. I'm talking about it. I mean, there's got to be. There's no way in hell that any of these people involved with this DCEU are going, okay, something's up. Something is up here because it's, it was not received well by critics. The fans are split, and and the mainstream audience is like, yeah, so. Right. I mean, something's up. And that's been my whole thing is you've got, you can't go status quo. You've got to do something. Is it inject more humor into it? I don't think so, because I think no. that that's not what the issue was with Batman v Superman. Mm, was it wasn't the humor. Yeah. It was the too much stuff in Batman v Superman mm-hmm. that was the issue. And you know what? Um, that goes back to, again, when, and I know they're filmmaker-driven, but when you got this universe that is trying to be so connected now, then you've got issues when you try to do things that are you know, have a different type of, of, of uh, tone and vibe and so forth. So, I mean, they're in a situation because, you know, if if, if Suicide Squad comes off now all jokey and, and blah, 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 and, and if that story tr- was true, that was reported this last week about them ordering more more jokes and, and lighting it up, well, then they have a problem. I have a, I have a problem with that. You know, let... let um, David Ayer predicted that dumb film he wants to make. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. I think that the best way to go about these films, and I might catch some hate from some people about it, but how I saw the Lord of the Rings trilogy work on screen, because the first part of that fil- those films are pretty adventure-driven, there's fun things going on, and then towards the end of each film, it's dark and ser- there's that serious tone that people love. I think that maybe they go that route with these films going on, where it's this big, broad landscape. They're, they're all Everyone's going on this amazing adventure. I mean, hell, I watched nine hours of Hobbit's Walk, and I was intrigued every moment of it, even to the last scene. And maybe that's the way to go with these films. There's humor in it. There's the adventure story. There's... Personal, there's personal growth between your main characters. There's mm-hmm. badass sequences with Aragorn because Aragorn's like Batman, right? Like, let's be honest here, Aragorn's Batman. I know I'm, I'm nerding out <laughs> over here, but that's what, how I think they need to do. And let's let's talk about these. The, the movie's three days out, and they're starting the show deleted scenes. When has that ever happened before? Yeah, that was that was literally. that was really yeah. strange. It and, was especially since. We, we have absolutely no context to that deletes. And like, yeah, Luther, we, we see Luther actually being captured, but we have no context of whatever that thing he's talking with is, because there, there's no hint of it earlier in the movie. Like, obviously it has to do with Darkseid. Right. But we have no idea who or what it is, and... Even just take like stepping away from uh, the vision, dream, whatever it is, um, it looks like there's three of those uh, mother boxes there, but um, we only saw a quick hint of that uh, earlier in the movie with uh, the Justice League videos. So that deleted scene just really stood out as like, what is going on here? Like, I know they're trying to set up the next phase, but it just came came off really punky. I can see why it was deleted. Yeah, see, I'm worried that... See, if that deleted scene is something that's in the extended cut, I'm worried that the extended cut will be full of things like that with no context that are just, mm-hmm. again, shoehorned in there that makes the film that much more confusing and makes no sense and makes the overall film even less cohesive. Right, that's definitely a legitimate concern with, the, with this extended cut coming out because, like today, I saw a photo of Lois Lane... She was, she, it was, it was weird. You saw, did you see that time? Yeah, Could you explain that no. to, no, you don't want to? No. <laughs> well, okay. So let's set this up. It's Lois Lane. She's in this, uh, foreign country and there's all these Superman. What would you, how would you describe that time? Like all these like hanging, like these weird Superman, like being hung, like an effigy. It's very strange. And it's weird. Why would they, there's and it's something they released. Yeah, I saw we saw it online today for sure. I'll find it, fellas. So let's con- let's continue on. Why Tom's finding that? We'll, we'll, I can fix this with editing. Um, 
Why do you That's think... Jack Snyder said. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now we're not fixing it with that. <laughs> it's, um... Bill, why do you think that three days out from the film, they're releasing deleted scenes? What To me, it makes it seem like they I, they, they think that the, the film that they put out is inferior. So why would anyone want to go and see an inferior film and make them pay to see an extended version in theaters a few months later? It doesn't jive with me. Uh, it, it did with me. I said that. I said, why are you releasing this now? Because if it's that big of a deal... Either, you know, save it for the extended cut or put it in the daggum film in the first place. Um, I didn't understand that. It, it, to me, it it came off, and I'm not, not accusing it, but it came off as being desperate. Um, here, look at this. Isn't this cool? You know, this this, this film is better. The real film you want <laughs> to see on the extended cut is better than what you saw. And then I'm like, Okay, then you got, here's the two issues you have. You, you had this big three-hour film that tells the whole story. It makes the whole thing better, which makes them go, yeah, everything makes sense now. Which leads to the fact that the complaint that there was too much in the film that you had to cut down to make it even just two and a half hours. So I don't, I, I just think there's too much in the film. And I think it, that, that plays to that and is evidence of that absolutely 100%. It's um oh sorry no go ahead go ahead I, I was just gonna say um just thinking about the only times I've seen a deleted scene or a clip or whatever being promoted before a extended cut or Blu-ray release uh, one we mentioned the Lord of the Rings the extended editions as one time and that was over a decade ago. And just recently with Star Wars The Force Awakens, when they're promoting the all the deleted scenes on the Blu-ray, like Kylo Ren in the Millennium Falcon. That's it. And that was purely for marketing purposes, and only like a week or two out from the Blu-ray release. So Ella's right as, like, why is this being released now? Um, especially with no kind of lead up to a release of, oh yeah, check out the rest of this scene come July, you know? Right, it, 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 it's it's almost like the scene was saying, okay, we understand that there are some issues with the film, maybe this will help, but in the end, it's just giving us, it's making fans ask more questions when it shouldn't be. Your fan should be thrilled to see an extended scene, but I feel like the fil- that film, that scene could have been left for an upcoming, you know, if they do it in June or whatever, or whenever, when Bill, when do you think they're going to do this, the, this alleged potential R-rated theatrical cut? You think it's going to be June, July, before Suicide Squad? I bet at this point it doesn't happen, unless it's like one of those, like I did with the Hobbit extended films, where it's like a one-day-only thing. Yeah, 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 yeah I agree with that. I think you're almost, you know, I, like the Dark Knight went back into theaters in early 2009, or maybe at the end of 2008, just so it could bump up and go past a billion dollars. But it was the same film. I, to me, if you do that, it's almost like saying, okay, this is the movie we should have put out. It's a lot better, but we gave you this, this shit beforehand. Everybody's complaining. I, I, think, they're, I think they're in a no-win situation now. Um, people want to see now they've already came out with the, the box set pictures and you can pre-order you might as well just leave that for the box set because to make money off of that you can't show it in theater and have people see it and go well that's that's I've already seen it so yeah they're in a, they're in a tight spot y'all. yeah it's uh, like based on on what they've done with the Hobbit if it does happen it would be like two to between one and a half to three weeks before the Blu-ray comes out, if they get yeah. it at all, at all. It's very, it's very strange going forward. It seems like it seems like David Ayer has a, a handle on what's going on. Like, it's just weird. My question to uh, Jay Rocco: Why do you think that that Snyder is unfairly criticized 
compared to other filmmakers. Like, it just seems like critics just really can't stand the films that he directs. I love Dawn of the Dead. I love Watchmen. I love 300. I even enjoyed Sucker Punch. Even though with its flaws, I thought it was an uh, exciting film. It was different. It was weird. Why do you think that that is? Why, what, what's going on with the critics? Uh, man, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I've heard everything from, like, people hated the, the slow motion ramp, ramp up editing from 300, which, man, I wish that was in Man of Steel. I would have loved to have seen Zod and Superman slow motion fight up close, you know? Um, I don't know. There's a... He's such a visual um, director. I think that it puts off a lot of critics who are into, like, the more, you know, visceral storyteller director. He has big issues with his storytelling, and I would say maybe he needs a new editor, or maybe he needs a partner, you know? I don't know. I really don't know. I, I appreciate his the way he looks at things because everything's beautiful. I mean, look at every shot, you know. And that that's with his director of photography as well. But um, you know, he he he's a punching bag, dude. I don't envy him at all right now. I I imagine he probably feels pretty crappy and <laughs> and he's like, oh, now I'm moving on to the movie no one wants me to make. At least that's how I feel. <laughs> You know. <laughs> Damn. Zach is a Zach's a good dude. Yeah, I met him several times. He's a very good dude, and I know he cares about all this stuff. So I, I don't think it's I don't think we can use that argument that he doesn't care or doesn't know blah blah blah, et cetera, et cetera. So I think that's that's out of the equation that stuff. But you know, I don't I don't know. I don't I just don't know what you do here. Some people, it, it's 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 kind of like the, and I don't want to compare him to Michael Bay, but it's kind of like the Michael Bay thing. But people watch Michael Bay films. I mean, Michael Bay films make money. Yeah. Most people, like here, a good example, my sister, who just took my nephew to see Batman v Superman yesterday, she absolutely loved it, and she has no idea who Zack Snyder is, nor does she care anything about the DC Universe once she goes home. She was like, oh, Wonder Woman was awesome, and you know, I kind of gave her a, a bit of trivia on it, and she was like, oh, that was cool. I mean, she's, if Zack Snyder gets fired, she won't know. You know, that's yeah. that's that's the general audience. It's the fans that are busting these balls, and I guarantee you, a lot of these fans can't, who, you know, who were, like, blowing up about how awesome it was the night before are very swayed by what critics say. You know, and, 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 and I'm, not, I'm not saying the critics are wrong, because... Um, even if you, after watching the movie, you're like, man, that made no sense. But uh, people are fickle, man. And it's like, it's, it's sometimes it's it's that bully, that internet bully syndrome where, like, mm-hmm. let's, beat, let's beat them up, you know? Because they did it to Josh Whedon after Age of Ultron came out, man. People yeah. were like, oh, he sucks. Let's bring on the Russo. Well, I, well, don't we all agree that the film's not, it's not a... Piece of crap like some yeah, of the, no, the, it is, it the is. extreme the extreme reviews made it out to be, right? Yeah, yeah. it is by far from the worst comic book movie to me. Like, yeah. It's it, it's not you know it, it's not great, but it's not that bad either. Like uh, I said in our BOF podcast, I liked it, but I didn't love it. And now I've seen it a second time and I did enjoy it more this time than I did the first time. Like I was able to put some of my criticisms away, not all of them though. I was able to appreciate what I liked about the movie more. Um, but yeah, it, it is no way, nowhere near as bad as critics make it out to be. Yeah. Bill, what did your son think of the film? He liked it. Um, Usually, is everything on A? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's getting a little bit more uh, critic-y, I guess, if, that, if that's a word. He said it was a B plus. Um, but surprisingly, my wife liked it. You know, she's probably B-ish area. And uh, she heard, you know, I came back from seeing it in Los Angeles. And... Walked in the home. She, she couldn't go. And here's another thing, dude. I'll, I'll say this. And I, haven't, I don't know if I... It was been written about, but I haven't... I didn't say it on, on BOF. Just out of respect for how people... I know how people react to it. Um, I could not bring any guests to see the film. And I brought her to all three of the Nolan screenings wow. in Los Angeles. And 
no issue. And you know how Ayo Fish is? He was like the analyst dude in the Kingdom of Analysts that never existed. <laughs> about stuff. Uh, I brought her to, when I interviewed Chris, she was in there with me for Dark Knight. She's always come around and, and been with me with all this stuff. I couldn't bring her anything. I brought her to, the, I brought her to, the, uh, to Warner Brothers for the for the junket, but she couldn't go to the, to the, the um, press conference or any of the interviews. So then at, at the film, when we saw it, the first thing we see is, is Zack Snyder coming on saying, okay, you get to, you're get you one of the lucky few who have seen Batman v Superman, please don't. You know, put spoilers out on the internet, and I, you know, I'm like, okay, I can dig that. I mean, but to me, it was like almost like him saying, okay, if you think this movie's shit, please don't say it before anybody has a chance. It was just weird, y'all. It was weird. I've never seen any of that, and, and I dealt with Chris Nolan for ten years, and this guy was like ultra secretive. So, but anyway, I came back, and I'm now. Rambling on, but I came back and she's like, "What did you think?" And I'm like, I, "I don't know if I like this film." And she's like, "Really?" And I'm like, "Yeah." And it took me, and I will say, it took me another showing or two to, you know, appreciate it better. Or I don't ask the word to use, but it, it's not as bad as my first impression. But but in her mind, it sucked, you know. Because she was with me in the Dark Knight Rises when I bawled like a damn fool at the end when, you know, at the end I'm like, I could even, you know, freaking talk at the end of that damn film in Dark Knight. And she loves those. And I'm coming back going, I don't know if I like this film. And she saw it. She goes, well, it's not as bad as, as I thought it was going to be. So I think the mainstream is kind of, it's okay, you know. But it's not making people want to go back and see it over and over and over again. And I think it's the issue, not only with the ministry, but probably with, you know, the fans as well. Right. I have a, I have a crazy conspiracy theory here, and I'm probably <laughs> way wrong. But I really do think that they put out, the, they, they had everyone do the fan screening at 10 p.m. Because they knew the fans would give, you know, those are the Uber fans. They're going to all say, you know, yeah. great things about it. And then they made, made it so... They couldn't say really anything, any spoilers. And the next day, they did the, they let the the critics review the film. They put that out like five or six p.m. I think they did that on purpose because they knew deep down that look, this might be another divisive film. So let's get the fans out there to really push it further and let them be the ones who kind of uh, are they're the they're the ones who are going to light the internet on fire to have people go see this film. That's that's fair. It's a fair, I don't even call it a conspiracy. I think it's a fair <laughs> observation, yes. It's it's very weird that that happened because when you when you have a film that, you know, is universally loved or whatever, even if it's people think it's, you know, it was good, it had its, it had its moments, it could have been better, but you're, you, can, you should be able to go talk about it on, on, yeah. in, on social media. We're, okay, so we've talked a lot about this, and I know we've we got to start wrapping up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start finalizing some questions uh, let, me, let me say this, Justin, real quick. Okay. I have never had to sign an NDA before I saw a film before. Really? Never. Not even, again, I'm going back to Chris, the, the most anal person in the entire world about not people not seeing these films or anything about the film before they see it. I When I saw the screening, I had to sign the NDA going in, and I've never had that happen. And... There's just something that raises a little bit of a red flag there for me with all this, you know, with the Zack Snyder thing and, and you know, the pre, all that. So there's something, I think they, I, I, I've got to conclude that they, they thought that it was not going to be well received. That's the only thing I can come up with. That's, that's really, really terrible to hear, actually. Wow. So... We talked a lot about the April 11th thing. Let's let's throw out some crazy speculation here. Let's say April 11th comes around and there's no there's no announcement. Um, who do you want to take over Justice League? Let's say for some reason Zack Snyder that he just walks Wayne away Christ. from <laughs> John Hamm. John Hamm. <laughs> um, let's who do 
who do you want to? I'll start with Jay Rocco. Who do you want to take over? Because it's weird that uh, George Miller uh, is producing Justice League. I don't know why. What is he? He's not going to be on set ever. I don't think. What What's he going to do on for the film? And his Justice League mortal uh, producing partner Barry and M. Osborne is producing the film as well, who produced the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Who do you think should take over, just in case, like, worst comes, worst case scenario comes and Snyder is fired? George Miller, Alfonso Cuaron, Peter Jackson, who? Man, uh, I don't know. I, it's, I, 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 has that been confirmed that George Miller is producing? It's on, I know it's not, it's on IMDb. Yeah, it's not confirmed, it's, but... It's, yeah, it's not confirmed here. Apparently, it's happening. That's all I can think. You know, that, that's something right there. There, there yeah. is something there. It's, it's like I said, it's very strange because, like I said, what does George George Miller just won so many Academy Awards at the last Oscars? What, what would he, what would he bring to the project? Like, would he oversee it? I don't think so. I feel like George Miller is a more hands-on guy. What do you think? Who, who should take over? Yeah, you know, I, I. I I really don't know, man. If if this was like four years ago, I'd say who would be a great someone who does adventure well? Martin Campbell, but he did Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a, you know, and that was a small, you know, yeah. Weird. And I don't, you know, I don't think it was uh, actually. Um, I knew I could talk it. Um, you know who would be interesting? Robert Zemeckis. Just throwing really? it out there. I don't know. Mm. Someone who, someone who has a little bit of. Uh, Effect, you know, special effect uh, background, and has a talent for a little bit of fun and adventure. But I think he can keep it serious too. But I'm not married to the idea. Um, you kind of put me on the spot, man. Also, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. Bill, what do you think? Who do you who do you, just in like a worst case scenario? Who who do you pick? Worst case scenario, I guess. I am a fan of Mr. Miller. So if he was already tied to it, I would say that maybe he could step in and uh, take over. But you know what? I hope Zach. I hope Zach gets his shot. I, I don't want to say it that way. I, I don't want to see Zach just dismissed and banished to the, you know, to to freaking Antarctica over over this. Um, Fortress of Solitude. <laughs> yeah. Or, yes. But um, I think if you had to make a change on the spot, like right now, and they're going to go ahead with just League, I would say probably you may want to go with, with George Miller. And with, I, with the caveat that I'm not trying to get Zach fired, I'm just trying to get some some people around the whole process of this DCEU to to have a little bit more influence on a lot of stuff and and maybe tap the brakes and that's wait. I'm, I know I'm rambling. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, Ryan, same question. What do you think? Uh, Peyton Reed. Huh? Really? Oh, Interesting. Nice. Interesting. Well, I was just, <laughs> just saying that because he took over for uh, well. Ant Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so which, you know, Peyton Reed is a good filmmaker. I mean, it's, it's not bad. So, anyway, if I had to say, um, I, I really I always wanted Peter Jackson to do a superhero film. And, it, and he's obviously had experience doing gigantic, multi-part films. So I'd like to see him do it. But but if if there, anything's going to happen to a movie that's supposed to shoot in a few days, I mean, if they delay it at all, it's going to be really bad publicity, I think. But... Um, and if George Miller is, in fact, um, producing, then that's the most logical choice because he's, you know, close to the project. So he would be able to jump in and kind of just hit the ground running. Yeah, I, I can't fathom them making a change. I just can't I can't either. Them. I just, yeah. I don't see it happening. No matter what, I just don't see it happening. I mean, they can do some tweaks behind the scenes or, mm -hmm. or whatever, but I just, I don't see the, the train getting too derailed. I mean, something we all agree something needs to happen somehow, some way. But I don't see Zack Snyder getting pushed out. Right, Richard, you got to go with you next. Um, uh, yeah, I'm. 
having a tough time thinking of a replacement as well. Uh, if push came to shove, um, I would maybe like to see George Miller take control of it. But, uh, and you know, if he wasn't busy filming um, Star Wars now, Rian Johnson, I think, would be really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, what I think is going to happen is, well, I, I find it interesting that George Miller seems to be involved in Justice League again, considering Justice League Mortal was canned all those years ago, but I um, uh, don't know if that was anything to do with, like, I've heard the script was not the greatest, but um, I think maybe Miller, after his success of Fury Road, maybe um, they want him to come in to, like, take a bit of a tighter hold on Zack Snyder, like, and on maybe the editing and pacing of the movie. Um, but, you know, like, like uh, a lot of people here have said, like, I like Zack Snyder as well. Um, he, he definitely has an eye for visuals, like, a lot of shots in Man of Steel and in Batman v Superman look like they're ripped straight out of uh, the comic books, so he's definitely got an eye for uh, making a comic book movie look like a comic book come to life. I I think just what he needs is maybe just um, a tighter focus on his editing or his uh, direction, because for me, the editing was and the narrative was uh, most of the problem with uh, Batman v Superman, because um, at times it was just all over the place. So, a replacement, I don't know. Push came to shove, George Miller maybe, but uh, again, I hope he's maybe just gonna uh, supervise and make sure that there's that tighter role um, with Zack Snyder. I'm gonna, I already know what Tom's going to say. He's probably going to say Joe Schumacher, so I'll just go right on. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll, just, I'll just go with Kyle. Kyle, what do you think? Who do you, who do you got? I'd like to point out that George Miller is not the only potential director on set. There's also Affleck. That's true. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Yep. Affleck can step up. Uh, but like, if we're going for hypotheticals, I'd also... You know, he's busy right now. I'd like to see David Ayer as well. Ooh. Mm. I he, think he's busy. Uh, I guess it comes to me last. Uh, there's two or three guys I'd like to see. Obviously, George Miller is going to be, if he's legit producing the film, push came to shove. Warner Brothers put put Snyder in a corner and said, hey, $7 million, walk away, never speak of this again, blah, 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 blah. And they gave George Miller the take. I'd be really happy. I wouldn't mind seeing J.J. Abrams take a stab at it. I think Abrams, I know he he's not a fan of sequel, doing sequels anymore. But if anyone can could take uh, a film like this, a big tentpole film, and have everyone just on board with his vision, it'd be J.J. Abrams uh, or Alfonso Cuaron. I feel like he is one of the unsung heroes over at WB. Everything he does is just fucking amazing. The third Harry Potter is probably the best in the series. And then Gravity. I mean, Gravity was a spectacular film. It was just amazing. So I don't know, like they, something has to go on with WB. They need to figure out, they need to get their house in order. That's what I got to say. They need to get their house in order. If they're going to continue with Snyder. They need to just come out and say, come out and say, we're happy with what's going on. We're going to, we're going to take, uh, uh, we're going to take it on the chin this time, but we promise the next film's coming out. are going to be spectacular. There's not going to be issues with the editing. With, I don't even think it's, there's an issue with Terry's script. I think it just came down no. to the editing. And if mm-hmm. if you're only putting out a partial part of the film, like and not and there's an extra thirty minutes, I mean obviously that's gonna that's gonna bode not well. And, uh, and the odd bit was telling the audience that there's a thirty minute cut or thirty minute extra cut like three weeks before the movie comes out. Right. It's, so yeah, it's, that was that was a bad move, I think. That it sounds like the writing on the wall is WB knew that there are some issues. Why did why? I mean, there's no excuse for it. They had an extra year. They delayed the film an extra year to make sure that everything was right. And the, if your final product is 
out of 28, like, I don't give a shit about Rotten Tomatoes, but let's be real. People look at that every Friday. Hey, what movie's out? Oh, let's go to Rotten Tomatoes and see. Well, Batman v Superman's only at 28 or 29%. Mm-hmm. Do I really want to go see, do, do mainstream really probably want to go see that? Maybe. I doubt it, though. Something's got to happen. WB needs to get their, their house in order. And if they don't, then we're just going to, we're going to have more podcasts like this where we're like, Kill Snyder, bring him down, burn him in effigy. But I don't. <laughs> um, I think that Snyder either give Snyder the film that he wants to make, don't make him cut off thirty minutes of the film, or I, I really don't know what to say because there's obvious issues with it. I, I think that he's able to bring out really great performances. I thought the film was going to be amazing, especially that that scene with Bruce driving in Metropolis trying to save people. That was spectacular. Um, well, they need to figure it out, and we're just fans. We're the ones who are going to pay for it, and if we can, if this is going to continue on, then I don't know. Maybe I won't go see Justice League. Maybe I won't go see... I mean, obviously, I'll go see the solo Batman movie, but and Wonder Woman for sure, but I don't know. Like, they got to figure it out, so I think that's it for us tonight uh, for this first podcast crossover between Batman on film and Shane on Batman. Do we leave anything that... Is there anything else that anyone wants to say before we take off? I've got nothing. I think we said it all. And I, yeah. I want the best for the DCEU. I've said what I thought they should do, whether that matters or not. And I will say that I think everybody here cares about Batman on film going forward. I think we all care about there's got to be a, a Ben Affleck Batman solo film, period, no matter what. And I think we all agree with that. And we just want the best for all these characters, especially Batman. Am I right or wrong, y'all? Yeah, right. right. Yeah, for sure. So where can we find J-Rocka on Twitter and Facebook? Uh, just J underscore Rocka. That's the best place to find me okay. on Twitter. And where can we find Bill Ramey on Twitter and Facebook? At Batman on film and just... Facebook, just search Batman on Film and you'll find the Batman on Film. And he, his and website is www.batmanonfilm.com. So Ryan, and that, yeah, go ahead. I'm Ryan, fine. no, you're fine. Ryan, where can we find you on uh, on Twitter, on social media? Uh, I'm only on Twitter, no Facebook for me, but I'm on Twitter at uh, SMB underscore Ryan. You lucky bastard. You get, you get away with Facebook. <laughs> Richard, where can we find <laughs> Richard, where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at RichardChurch1616. Tom? You can find me at BatmanBaseSlap on Twitter. Awesome. Kyle? You can find me at LootingKyle. And you can find me at BatmanChandlin on Twitter. And for all of us a part of this Batman Podcast Network, I am Justin Chandlin. And thank you guys for coming on. We really appreciated it. Thanks, thank you all very much. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Yeah, let's do it again. Sure. See you guys later. Proud member of the Batman Podcast.